Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. gentlemen, and welcome to the Osisco Gold Royalties Q2 2020 results conference call. After the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question, please pick up your receiver and press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. Please note that this call is being recorded today, August 6, 2020 at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Today on the call, we have Mr. Sean Rusin, Chair of the Board of Directors and Chief Fight of Executive Officer of Osisco Gold Royalties. Mr. Sandeep Singh, President of Asisco Gold Royalties, and Mr. Frédéric Huyal, Chief Financial Officer and Vice President Finance. I would now like to turn the meeting over to our host for today's call, Mr. Sean Rusin. Bonjour, Mesdames et Messieurs, et bienvenue à l'appel conférence des résultats du deuxième trimestre de l'année 2020 de redevance orifère Asisco Limited. Après la présentation, nous procéderons à une séance de questions et réponses. Si vous désirez poser une question, veuillez décrocher le combiné du téléphone et appuyer sur la touche étoile suivie du numéro 1. Veuillez prendre note que cet appel est enregistré aujourd'hui le 6 août 2020 à 10 heures de l'Est. Nous avons sur l'appel d'aujourd'hui M. Sean Rusin, président du Conseil d'administration et chef de la direction de redevance orifère au Cisco, M. Sandeep Singh, président de redevance orifère au Cisco, et M. Frédéric Ruel, Chef de la Direction financière et vice-président finance. J'aimerais maintenant céder la parole à votre hôte, M. Sean Rusin. Merci beaucoup et euh, bienvenue à notre appel conférentiel le deuxième trimestre de Cisco. Euh, pour euh, tout le monde qui se la ligne, on va suivre le PowerPoint qui se trouve sur notre site web qui est nommé le de deuxième trimestre de 2020 euh, pour Cisco. Et euh, je demande à tout le monde, euh, au point de vue de Q&A, euh, pose-nous des questions en français, il n'y a pas de problème. Et on va s'avancer aujourd'hui avec euh, les annonces euh, plus ou moins en règle avec ça que vous avez souhaité, j'espère, pour euh, toute cette situation qui existe. Et je souhaite euh, très bonne santé et, euh, et, et à, à tous nos partenaires. Et, euh, dans un temps difficile, euh, on va et certain que nous, comme à Cisco, on a essayé d'être un, un, un leader à point de vue d'aspect de, de santé ici dans le secteur et on avance avec tout notre projet, notre partenaire, avec toutes les conséquences qui, qui existent dans la situation de santé actuelle et on est en train d'avancer les projets avec tout le respect de tout le monde pour voir tout ce, qui, tout ce qui nous vient avec COVID-19. And uh, I'll switch to English now. And just to, to recap what I had said, uh, you know, we really are uh, trying to make sure that we are the best partners uh, out there for COVID-19 for both of our operators, our employees, uh, and our investors. We've taken a lot of, of steps and tried to be a leader uh, in terms of how things should be done and can be done uh, during this uh, pandemic, uh, we've uh, you know we we we've we've taken a, a very strong position in terms of supporting 
um, all of our operators and to do the best we can to uh, take care of all of our, our associated partners, employees, and families that uh, that are associated with us and those in the greater good of of, of our society as as we go through this uh, pandemic. Um, I'll start off with a you know a basic recap of the business. Uh, uh, I don't want to lose sight of, of where we are in this pandemic, but uh, we did produce 12,386 GEOs in the quarter. Um, we had $228.7 million uh, of revenues and royalties from uh, our, our products that we uh, that we're invested in. Cash flow from operating activities was at $15.4 million. Net earnings at $13 million with uh, about $0.08 cents per share. Adjusted earnings of $5.7 million uh, after several payments, including dividends. Uh, we withdrew production guidance uh, due to COVID-19 uh, in Q1 and Q2, or sorry, in Q2. Um, we are back now guiding to about 63 to 65,000 ounces a year, and uh, for the first half of the year, somewhere between 30, second half of the year, sorry, uh, from 33 to 35,000 ounces as uh, the mines come back online. Uh, we also did a financing in the second quarter of $85 million with Investment Quebec. And we really thank uh, the government of Quebec and Investment Quebec for having partnered up with us during a hard time. Um, it was more, you know, sort of a vote of confidence, I think, uh, from our partners at Investment Quebec to really to uh, to come in and, and, and value, you know, bolster our balance sheet uh, in a time when, when things were unclear. And uh, obviously, uh, we have a lot of a lot of uh, commitments in Quebec and, and, and in partnerships with Investment Quebec. Uh, so this makes great sense for us uh, to continue to have our partners invest in us and with us uh, as we move forward. Uh, we also improved the Silver Stream from Gibraltar, having paid $8.5 million to transfer uh, price to go from $2.75 an ounce in transfer cost down to zero. Uh, so we basically had a royalty status uh, on that silver stream, which I think is an exceptional asset um, to achieve during this uh, this market where we we see a lot of competition uh, for royalties and streams. So it's you know, hats off and to to the team for for getting the deal done, and uh, obviously a big vote of confidence from our partners at Gibraltar, uh, you know, and and Tesco in terms of their confidence to choose us as a partner on that deal as we go forward. Um, also, we saw the commercial production declaration from Victoria Gold. Um, obviously, a huge milestone for us. Uh, we have a 5% top line royalty on that project. I'd like to congratulate uh, John McConnell and uh, and the whole team at Victoria for just you know exceptional mine build. Just getting that project going uh, during a time when uh, you know we faced a cold couple of cold winters. And we saw the thing through, and uh, you know, John and his team are, are building Canada's next best gold mine, and it was the gold largest gold mine ever built in the Yukon. Um, and you know, heading for 200,000 ounces a year plus of production, and uh, uh, just an exceptional outcome on that project uh, with our partners from Orion Mine Finance uh, and ourselves having led the charge to get the project financed back in 2018 and 19 when everybody else was hiding under the bed. Um, we were able to get that project uh, financed and uh, John's management team deserves a huge kudos and hats off uh, for the work that they did there to make that project work the way it is working now and 
obviously hitting a, a premium gold market. Uh, it couldn't have been smarter and it couldn't have been better. Uh, so that's the, the way we see it. Uh, you know, in terms of our COVID-19 uh, results, I mean, it obviously Osisco really hasn't, uh, hasn't had a big impact on us in terms of, you know, what has been for other industries. And we, we are, we're quite uh, we're quite humble about taking advantage of the situation, but um, you know the the price of gold has gone through the roof, and uh, you know our our partners continue to operate uh, at a at a very good pace, and we see a lot of things positive happening in the gold space uh, in terms of the projects that we're involved in as we go forward. Um, we declared a five five cent. Uh, dividend in 2000 as of July 15th, 2020. Um, so that continues to be a leading dividend in the, in the gold space. Subsequent to the Q2 results, uh, we are looking for 33 to 35,000 ounces of GEOs in the second quarter. Obviously, at this gold price, anything that's not pure gold is, is, is taking a back seat in terms of GEOs um, on, a, on an equivalent basis. So you know we're we're definitely seeing revenues increase uh, based on the pure gold assets uh, in a proportionate basis to other basis other assets. Um, I'll move on right now to uh, page 12, and I'm going to hand it over to Fred uh, to take that through if we could, please. Good morning, everyone. Um, as previously noted. Uh, by Sean, our deliveries of precious metals were affected by the COVID impact in Q2. Several of our operating counterparties have announced temporary operational restrictions due to, due to the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, including reduced activities and operations placed on care networks. As of today, most operators have restarted their activities and have reached or are expected to reach their pre-COVID level of operations in the, in the near term. The strong gold price helped offset the reduction in the GLs earned during the second quarter, which should lead us to a great second half of the year, both in terms of cash margins and cash flows. If we go to page five of uh, the presentation, revenues from royalties and streams amounted to 28.7 million, compared to 33.8 million in June 2019. Cash flows from operating activities were 15.4 million compared to 21.54 million last year. Excluding the impact of the changes in non-cash working capital items, operating cash flows were 18.6 million compared to 23.5 million. On page six, we show a breakdown of our cash margin for Q2 and year today. The cash margin on our royalties decreased by 3 million to 20.7 million in Q2. For the first half of the year, the cash margin on royalties reached 46.4 million, less than 1 million lower than in 2019, despite the COVID impact on our deliveries due to the strong gold prices, which offset the lower deliveries in June. The cash margin on our streams was 6.4 million in Q2, similar to 2019, and 15.4 million for the first half of the year, which was 3.2 million higher than last year resulting in a cash margin on our royalties and streams of 95% in Q2 of this year compared to 90% in Q2 of last year. Our total cash margin reached 27.8 million in Q2, including 0.6 million from our offtake agreements, 
3.7 million lower than in 2019. Year to date, our total cash margin was 63.1 million, an increase of 1 million. On page 7, we present a summary of our earnings and adjusted earnings. Net income was 13 million in Q2, 8 cents per share, compared to a net loss of 6.5 million in Q2 2019 of 5 cents per share. Adjusted earnings were 5.7 million or 3 cents per share compared to 8.2 million or 5 cents per share last year. We can go on page 8 of the presentation where we have a summary of our results for Q2 and year to date. Um, GOs from gold production were lower, lower this year, partly due to the sale of the gold jack offstage in 2019 and, uh, of course, the impact of COVID. The decrease in our total revenues from 132 million to 41 million was also due to the sale of the Bushak offstage, as well as lower deliveries as a result of uh, the COVID pandemic. But this was partially offset by a higher realized price on our gold. Our average gold price per ounce sold amounted to $2,363 Canadian in Q2 of this year, compared to $1,766. Canadian dollars in Q2 of last year. Gross profit for Q2 was relatively flat at 19.1 million compared to 19.7 million in 2019. On page 9, you find a summary of our financial position. Our cash balance at the end of Q2 was over $200 million. Our debt amounted to $422 million, which includes the drawdown of $50 million done in March. Uh, on the revolving credit facility as a cautionary measure. Our net debt amounted to, at the end of Q2, uh, 220 million. If we include the 100 million accordion available under our credit facility, the total facility uh, available is over 400 million at the end of June, which places the Cisco in a very good position to deploy its capital. In addition, our equity investment portfolio is currently valued at, at over $300 million for a total firepower of $900 million. On page 10, you may find our updated guidance for the second half of the year. As you know, after requiring our guidance for the year in March due to the uncertainties related to the uh, pandemic, we have now reissued a new guidance. We expect GOs of between 33000 to 35000 in the second half of the year, with a cash margin on our royalties and streams of 95% for an annual updated guidance of 63,500 ounces to 65,500 ounces. Uh, it, it, it's good to know that Q3 will be slightly impacted, again, by the reduced mining activities uh, in Q2, as some of our royalties are delivered with a delay of one to three months. We expect the situation to be fully back to normal in Q4 to benefit from this exceptional gold price environment. Back to you, Sean. Thank you very much, Fred. And uh, you know, I just wanted to give a snapshot of uh, of your company. The shareholders own this company, and uh, things are going ex exceptionally well. I think in 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 terms of where we are, uh, from an asset standpoint, obviously from a share for share performance standpoint, uh, we have some ground to make up. But the fundamentals of the company remain exceptionally solid in in a space that's very difficult. Um, in the next slide, we'll show you the quality of our portfolio, over 135 royalties and streams of precious metal offtakes, um, diversified cash flow from 16 producing assets, 
going to 95% uh, cash flow operating uh, margins in terms of, you know, most of our, our assets are in royalties, so we don't, uh, we don't have margin compression the way that others do. Uh, and that sort of, I think, distinguishes the portfolio uh, from a lot of other things. It is a dominantly royalty portfolio as opposed to a streaming portfolio. Uh, page 12, you know, quality of investments. I mean, we've, uh, you know, we've, we've done a lot in terms of making sure that we had quality. Um, and our dividend sits at 1.5%, which is the best in the space. Uh, as you can see here, uh, Wheaton and, and Royal and, uh, and Franco are all 1% or less, whereas we're at 1.5%. So, you know, we, we do offer, you know, kind of a wait and see aptitude. And I think in the, obviously in the increased gold price, we have, we have a leverage to a, uh, a significant amount of growth assets uh, in our portfolio. As we always said, we were a strong growth company with our accelerator model. Um, so we're well leveraged to uh, take advantage of this gold price as we move further into it. Um, you know, a significant undervalued amount there in terms of the re-rate. It's uh, it, it's surprising to me that uh, that we haven't seen the re-rate yet. But uh, for those who come in now, uh, I think that the re-rate is, is fairly imminent as uh, as this gold price persists and we see what the actual upside of the fiscal can be here. Um, in terms of our trading, we've been highly liquid stock at over eighteen and a half million dollars a day. Uh, the balance sheet over two hundred two million dollars of cash on the balance sheet, over $900 million of finance capacity, if you include um, our available debt capacity and our, and our, and our uh, equity book, uh, we sit with one of the biggest uh, dry powder uh, fire, you know, the ability to fire uh, capabilities of all the royalty companies in the world right now with over 900 million Canadian in available uh, firepower to get going on a new transaction. Uh, we do think that there are some, some transactions that will happen at this price level. However, we've obviously built our portfolio uh, in the past. So even if nothing were to happen, uh, we see uh, quite a bit of opportunity for us. And if you look forward to page 13, um, you see that we go for about 140,000 assets of geos just on our organic growth of things that our shareholders have already financed and paid for. Um, so we have the organic growth. We don't have to reach. We don't have to stretch. Uh, and we don't have to pay premiums that uh, we've seen people paying in the space, you know, that are, that are, that are quite, uh, quite high in terms of achieving assets. Um, all we really have to do is just sit back and harvest right now. Page 14, I think, is probably the most exciting slide of this entire uh, presentation today and in terms of things that we knew about when we sold Canadian Largest back in 2014 that are now um, being documented and, and drilled to resource and reserve level by our partners at Agnico and Yamada. Congratulations to them on a great job uh, in terms of, you know, transitioning this project from what we always knew it was, it was a great open pit mine uh, to what it looks like it may be one of the best ever uh, underground gold mines. Uh, this is a, uh, it's quite an exceptional, exceptional deposit. Uh, it produced 8 million ounces by the time we got there in 2003. Uh, we documented another plus 8 million ounces in the open pit. And now there's another 10 million ounces in the underground. You know, so this is ranked as one of the best gold deposits ever discovered in the world. And it continues to deliver uh, value. 
uh, for both the you know Agnico and the Atlanta shareholders and also the Cisco shareholders. And I, we congratulate them on, on a job well done, and we look forward to seeing the uh, the underground start to deliver here. We haven't really seen it calculated in our in our share price, but we think it's high time that uh, that everybody understands that the Millardic Underground is a significant contributor to a Cisco uh, Gold royalties as we move forward. And uh, you know we we wish our partners well on that, and we want to see it come forward. And if you see, look at page 18, uh, you can see that the dominantly things that are important to the new mine plan are on the Cisco 5% ground uh, as we move forward. And uh, we see some of the other assets, uh, you know, the, that that are there, you know, continue to contribute that really weren't in calculation, I don't think, for the Cisco. So that's that's all good news for Cisco shareholders, and uh, you know we look forward to seeing uh, seeing the evolution of that mine, uh, the underground transition. Obviously, at these gold prices, I think that everybody being incentivized to uh, to move forward quickly. Uh, the next slide that we have here shows uh, the Eagle project. Obviously, you know on target for ramping up to 220,000 ounces a year, for which we have a 5% royalty on. Uh, we continue to be. Uh, you know, have a size scale royalty on our Eleanor mine uh, in Quebec and Mantos uh, has been uh, seeing an increase as well. And congratulations to John Brzezinski uh, and the Cisco mining team in terms of the success that they've enjoyed um, at Windfall Lake in Quebec with, uh, you know, just a, a massive discovery there with over 5 million ounces of, of high-grade ounces at plus 8 grams. Uh, and continue to drill there with over 30 drills on site as we speak today. So, you know, just a, a knock it out of the park success there. On um, the Cisco Gold Royalty shareholders, this is obviously, you know, shows why our accelerator model is important. You know, we, we backed on at the very beginning of this process, and we were able to achieve, you know, exceptional numbers in terms of, what we ended up paying for the royalty, uh, but the, the reality is we took the risk early on, um, and our model, I think, is you know proven beyond a shadow of a doubt by Windfall and Hermosa, uh, where we've taken these risks and these bets early on, uh, and we just had exceptional returns, and they're so much better than anybody else's royalty and streaming deals in the space that it's hard to argue that uh, that we wouldn't want to continue on with that business. Uh, with the returns on some of these deals being in the thousands of percent as opposed to the 1% or 2% returns that we're seeing currently go off in the bank run processes for, you know, there's a lot of a lot of bidding going on, but not much is being accomplished in terms of net returns. So, you know, we continue to believe in that model and the accelerator model, you know, is, 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 uh, is demonstrated well here, I think, by both uh, Windfall and Hermosa. Horn 5 continues to be uh, a significant asset that's in our portfolio has been undervalued. It's currently at six million ounces of geos in, in reserves, not in resources. Um, and then on to uh, caribou, which has been a you know sort of a controversial topic within the assistable portfolio. Our last resource update was at 4.4 million ounces. There will be an upcoming uh, resource update, and this is this is a mining project. This is a mining camp. And we're going to give you more information on that as we get further into the year. Uh, but I can tell you that things are going extremely well 
uh, at Caribou and the drill results uh, are, are starting to build a, a case uh, to, to confirm what we always believe, which is this is not just a mining project, but it's a mining camp. Um, on to page 15, you know, we do have a high exposure to the gold prices. Um, you know, we believe in terms of royalty and, and and streaming companies that we are the purest of them all in terms of being mostly exposed to gold. Uh, a lot of other companies are sidebar to copper mines or or polymetallic mines, uh, or they have other ingredients in their cake um, that make them a little bit less exposed to gold. Uh, so we continue to be proud champions of the. Um, the highest gold component in the space with 81% uh, at our standards. On page 20, um, you know, the, the business plan for Cisco hasn't changed since 2014. Uh, we were allocating 25% to our earlier stage accelerating models and uh, to the things like Caribou and 75% uh, to our sort of last money in strategy. Um, where we're bidding on things uh, like we did with Victoria Gold. Um, the uh, the plan hasn't changed too much, and I realize there's been uh, there's been a discount on the on the stock because of of our our hybrid strategy. But at the end of the day, when I look around the gold price today, uh, I have to think that we were pretty much right on the money uh, in terms of what we bet on, and you know, we need to deliver those returns in the share price now. So. That will be the challenge uh, for the management team as we go forward uh, into the fourth quarter. Um, and as we see the summer end is to really bring it home that uh, the hybrid model where we put that 25% of the accelerated companies. And we've seen some of these accelerated companies like, like Barkerville advance through the accelerator business into the development business. Um, and we need to take advantage of that for our shareholders. So, that will be the challenge for, for Sandeep and myself as we come into the end of the year is to really make sure that we transition that valuation uh, that we created there uh, into the share price. Um, in terms of opportunities, you know, we've, we've looked at our accelerator model and, and, and we've created quite a bit of value here. I just wanted to recap for shareholders the things that we did do. Um, you know, the, the incubation of a Cisco mining happened in 2015. It was at $8 million market cap. It is now $1.3 to $1.4 billion market cap. We did a Cisco Metals with our friend Bob Wares. You know, that started out as a $5, $6 million market cap. It is now $70, $80 million Falco Resources. Um, we started that company out in 2015, really. Uh, Luke Lassard stepped in and, uh, and, and really put the meat on the bones in terms of that project. Um, it's trading at about $100 million right now, but it certainly can be bigger than that. Uh, Talisker uh, Resources, led by Terry Harbert, you know, really another brownfield camp in BC that's sort of seen the light of day and and and, and benefited from the tactical and structural geology that uh, that, that Terry brought to the team, um, you know, to to really advance that project forward. Mineral Alamos, we saw that company go from. $13 million market cap to currently $230 million. So even if you've only invested in the sidecar companies to Cisco, you've done pretty well. Um, and we continue to be that incubation and that source of, of, of really hardcore grinder uh, 
incubation companies where we take an opinion on an asset, we take it and we build it and we, you know, we get in there early and we work it hard. Um, and that, you know, people like Chris Loader and Ruben Padilla and Terry Harbert and Bob Wares and John Brzezinski, they all bring that extra effort and that extra, you know, personality and character to these apps that, that, uh, that, that we've been able to uncover as we move forward. And, and I'm pretty proud of what we've done in the incubation strategy. So on the, on the final slide here today, the upside, we have the opportunity and we have a team and we have the ability to acquire assets, to mobilize those assets and take them through to fruition. And, you know, I thank everybody for supporting us as a Cisco shareholder. We look forward to bringing you to the latest fold, uh, and you know, obviously, Caribou will be a big part of the story as we get into the rest of the year. Um, but also, you know, what John is doing with uh, Cisco Mining, uh, Terry is doing with Talisker, and Bob is doing with the Cisco Metals are are pretty important parts of our story as we go forward. So, I'd like to thank everybody for in today, and then uh, we'll see to get to. But we uh, we don't think that. Uh, if there's anything wrong here, if, if ever there has been a time when we are right, this is it. This is it now. So thanks to everybody, and I'll turn it over for Q&A. Thank you. At this time, if you would like to ask a question, please press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. Pour poser une question, vous devez appuyer sur l'étoile suivie par un sur votre téléphone. Your first question comes from George Topping from Industrial Alliance. Your line is open. Great. Thanks, operator. Hey, Sean, Sundeep, and everybody else. Um, on the Caribou project, Sean, are you back up and running at full, uh, full speed there on the exploration and reclamation activities, etc.? Hello? Hello? Oh, one moment, please. Hi, George. Uh, I think I hear you. I don't know if we lost Sean there for for a moment, or if he's on mute. But I'll start the uh, I'll start the answer. Hopefully, he's uh, uh, he's he's right behind me. But uh, yeah, good morning, George. Yeah, things are, are are generally back up and running. We did take a bit of a hiatus to make sure that uh, we had the least amount of uh, footprint uh, during kind of pand the pandemic. Um, so generally speaking, we 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 slowed things down. Um, and in the near term, we'll be looking to kind of get uh, get back going uh, to full steam with respect to uh, to exploration and and uh, some of the, the small remedial work that we're still doing there to uh, clean up past uh, past sites. So, are you are you still going to spend the ten million for this year? You think it's in the uh, in the MBA? Look, I think there's uh, there's certainly the ability to catch that back up. Uh, you know, I think as I said, it made sense to to take a bit of a hiatus uh, just to make sure that we uh, we are protecting our our employees and and the community most importantly. Um, and and you know, there's there's certainly the ability to catch that back up over the next two quarters. Well, this rolls through to the permitting as well, with the the government being impacted. Sorry, George, did you say whether there was an impact on the permitting from COVID? On the, per the permitting schedule? 
Yeah, not not as of yet. I mean, I think there's been enough buffer and redundancies in our, our permitting schedule um, that we can absorb kind of what's happened in the near term. Um, you know, our team has continued to work, whereas we weren't necessarily full steam at site. We've certainly been full steam ahead on the permitting side. Uh, as you can imagine, a lot of that is is, uh, is desktop work uh, and engagement. So that's all been ongoing, um, uh, you know, as fast as we can get it moving um so i don't think we've we've really suffered any delays from that perspective as of yet right and, and again i think if anything we had the ability to uh fast track permitting the community uh the first nations the government have all been very supportive and we look to kind of continue that uh with them and and as long as we keep acting responsibly responsibly we think we have the opportunity to make up ground not necessarily lose it all right. Then uh, a second question is the uh, the diamond market. I'm interested in what you're seeing there uh, with respect to diamond sales and um, and pricing, obviously, for the the Renard diamonds. <laughs> yeah, obviously Renard uh, remains on care and maintenance. You know, the diamond market was was completely busted um, through this COVID piece. Uh, we're starting to see signs of life. Uh, just broadly on the diamond on the diamond side, there are more sales kind of coming about. Some of some have already transpired. We've seen a small uptick on that side, but I don't think it's I think it's fair to say that we're not uh, we're not out of the woods there from a diamond price perspective, nor is anyone in the sector. Uh, but we have seen some moderate improvement. Uh, I think from a retail perspective, again, we're not back to pre-COVID levels, but there are positive signs out there that um, things are returning to normal, if you will. Um, and and so uh, I think I think we'll be cautious and we'll look to see some moderate improvement. But there are, you know, we've got a, a very sound partnership um, that's uh, involved with the Renard mine. Uh, it is a, a good mine. There's there's a billion dollars of good infrastructure that was spent there. Uh, it's really just missing a little bit of um, of joy from a diamond market perspective. But uh, we certainly hope, uh, you know, the guidance we put out today uh, does not reflect. Uh, Renard, just given the continued uncertainty from a diamond price perspective, but we certainly hope that uh, that Renard will come out, come back into the fold for us. Um, and I think the partnership is is working on ways to do that uh, going forward. The commodity specialists that you speak to are they predicting a price in say the next 12 months or so at a level where you might reopen the the runoff? Yeah, look, I think there's there's certainly that ability. Um, you know, I think uh, you know remains to be seen. You know, obviously it's it's not uh, it's not the least opaque market to to have to operate within from a, a pricing perspective. I think the sales that are coming up now, some of the ones that have already happened, some of the ones that are coming up soon, will be pretty telling. Uh, and uh, you can imagine we're we're keeping a close eye on that. Um, uh, in the meantime, I think the the mine has been doing everything they can to, to bring their own cost structure down so that they can bridge that gap, not necessarily through diamond prices, but also through just being more efficient at, uh, at everything we do. So, look, I think, as I said, uh, a lot remains to be seen there, uh, but we are, we are cautious, cautiously optimistic that uh, with just a little bit, uh, little bit of improvement on the diamond side, there, there might be a, a restart there in our future. And George, maybe I'll just add a little bit of color to that. You know, as you and I know, we've been around for a while. It's uh, it's never as good or as bad as everybody likes to think it is. And uh, I think the diamond market, we're seeing a lot of sort of smart people are going back uh, and doing assets in the diamond space. So 
uh, cautiously optimistic all the way around on the diamonds. All right, great. I'll pass it on. I've taken enough time. Thank you. Your next question comes from John Tomazos from Very Independent Research. Your line is open. Thank you. Uh, congratulations on the better price environment. And maybe people will understand and embrace the incubator model now. Um, I'm trying to throw you a creep. Well, John, we certainly that. hope your enthusiasm is shared. <laughs> I'm trying to throw you a cream puff without being too difficult. Uh, I, maybe people don't understand the value of Caribou or how smart it was to buy Barkerville late last year. What is the lowest, what is the, the highest offer you've turned down for Caribou? Or what do you, what is the lowest you'd sell it for? It looks like uh, it's a big. Geez, uh, John, you're, you're you're putting me on the spot on a, on a lot of fronts here, but I, I will say um, that you know Caribou has continued to deliver, not just you know obviously from the gold price change, but we've had significant success at the drill bit on that project, and we're we're going to be coming back to the market to tell you about that here in the next uh, in the next short while. Um, but obviously, we bought a, you know, it was a 4.6 million ounce deposit at $1,300 gold, and we're now dealing with $2,000 gold. Um, so, you know, we don't uh, we don't know we claim that we're too smart, but we we're smart enough to recognize that this was a asset unlike others. It's uh, it's not just a mine deposit that we've identified. It's you know, the, the the overall resource that we're dealing with there is only in the first four kilometers, and we have 83 kilometers to deal with. So we kind of feel that, uh, you know, we, we had to take the hit that we took, and there was a lot of punishment was dealt on the share price for that. But, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see some reward as we come back and uh, we demonstrate uh, the strength of this asset and the fact that it's not just a deposit, but it's actually a mining camp. So, you know, we've got our work to do, John, and uh, we've we've said no to quite a few corporates and there's a lot of, you know, discussion around it because the number of deposits that can actually go to 5 million ounces of mineable uh, in the world is quite slim. And Barkerville is, is a camp and we see upside there, you know, a single process facility with multiple mines up and down the trend uh, as we get forward onto it. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll be a little more vocal about it as we come into Q3 and Q4, John. And you know, appreciate your 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 view and the fact that you've done the work to go and look at what Barkerville actually is. Do you think it's reasonable to expect the payday to be over U.S. 500 million ta with the first 500 million uh, tax shielded? Um, I don't like to put numbers like that out there without having a lawyer and accountant uh, sign off on them, John, but certainly, you know, we see here in the PA study that we did uh, last year, a couple hundred thousand ounces a year uh, with all in sustaining costs being below below 800, sort of in the mid, you know, high high 700s. Um, this thing is, is worth a ton of money. So. Congratulations and thank you. Thank you, John. Your next question comes from Carrie Smith from Haywood Securities. Your line is open. 
Thanks, Operator. Uh, John, uh, Sean or Sandeep, just on, on Caribou, you're going to provide an update sometime later this year on that asset. Will the resource update come as part of that, that disclosure, or is that going to come out earlier? You know, Carrie, I think where we are on it right now is that uh, everybody's been so negative on the asset. We've been a little hesitant to uh, to get out there, but uh, our work is being done, and we're we're going from four to ten drills on the project as we speak. Um, and as we get more comfort in terms of delivering, not just a resource update, but a reserve update, uh, we'll come back to you. But you know, I would suspect it to be in Q4. Okay, so it'll all come at the same time then. Okay, that's great. Thank you, Sean. Terry, we're going to deliver a bulletproof resource and reserve to you. We don't really want anybody else poking at this thing. We know the asset's solid, and we just want to make sure that we deliver the proper product. Okay, I got you. Thank you. As a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star followed by the number one. Your next question comes from Jeremy Hoy from Canaccord Genuity. Your line is open. Hi, thanks for taking my question. Um, I think a lot of my questions have been answered. Actually, they were all surrounding uh, Caribou and Barkerville, uh, just related to next steps in the back half of the year. Um, you guys have a resource and reserve update coming. Um, anything else going on uh, with that project? You mentioned uh, increased exploration as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mr. Loader uh, and Maggie have taken it amongst themselves to go out and, and get us uh, 28 new drill targets. Um, so we will be hitting those targets on a priority basis uh, outside of our infill drilling. And uh, yeah, it's been very exciting times at Barkerville. And, you know, I, I hope that, you, that everybody will be impressed when we come forth with the information. But uh, you know, given the reaction we've had at Barkerville in the past, we're not going to come out uh, until we actually have a final product for you. So, it, you know, it, it will be fourth quarter information, um, and we will make sure that everything is drilled beyond the shadow of a doubt before we show it to anybody, um, just based on, you know, previous reactions to that asset in terms of, of where it sits. Uh, we think that metallurgically, mining-wise, Permit-wise, that we've been able to de-risk the asset significantly, um, but we're we're going to come forth at the same time uh, with that information, probably uh, more into Q4. I appreciate that. Thank you. As a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star followed by the number one. Your next question comes from Adrian Day from Asset Management. Your line is open. Oh, thank you. Yeah, just a quick question. Listen, I may have missed it completely, but with the Malartic Underground, did you, in the end, have to make any uh, concessions on the royalty? Adrian, uh, thank you for the question. The answer is no. Um, you know, the, the, the question that was being served up in the marketplace to shareholders uh, previously uh, was, whether um, you know the 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 royalty was was making as much money as the rest of the mining group was at twelve or thirteen hundred dollar gold price, I think that that discussion has ended. We're obviously well north of twelve to thirteen hundred dollar gold. We have no intentions to make any concessions now, um, and there's been a bit of a discount on the Cisco 
share price, anticipating that uh, that we would be making a concession on that uh, on that royalty, but we have no intentions to do so. And obviously, a two thousand dollar gold, it's not really even a, even a, a relevant discussion that we would entertain. Super. Thank you. Thank you. We have no further questions. I'd like to turn the call back over to the presenters for their closing remarks. So I'd like to thank everybody on the call today, and uh, you know we appreciate it. Um, Cisco has been a growth company, and uh, we've had the lumps and bruises going through the marketplace uh, as we built out that growth portfolio. But obviously, I think that multiplied by the uh, the current uh, commodity price, that the risks that we took. Uh, in building this portfolio over the last five years uh, is paying off for us now. And I encourage the Cisco shareholders to be loud and proud uh, about their persistence and, and their participation with us as we went through this this asset building program, program. And I'll sign off there. And thanks, everybody. This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect. Cela conclut la conférence d'aujourd'hui. Vous pouvez maintenant faire crochet. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.